It's Monday the 16th of September 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined this week by York Underwood, a show manager at The Secret Cellar, Iceland's first and only comedy club, as well as joint owner of an English-language marketing company serving businesses around Iceland, and also by Johanna Vigdis, Hjaltadottir, broadcast news editor and television newsreader here at Roof. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there was plenty going on this past week, not all of it fun news. There's quite a dry <laughs> news week, we could say. Althingi uh, reconvened for its autumn session, which is, of course, probably the biggest news story of the week. Iceland Air revealed it has never carried more passengers to and from Iceland than this summer. The visit of Mike Pence, surprise, surprise, cost Icelandic police 20 times more per hour than looking after Angela Merkel and all of the Nordic prime ministers. After lots of speculation, it has been confirmed that there were indeed a lot more whale beachings in Iceland this summer than usual. Reykjavik has a new bike-sharing service. Uh, the European Court of Human Rights has decided it will examine the Landsrettur ruling made against Iceland back in March. And Icelandic municipalities decided, just over a week ago it has to be said, um, that they aim to merge smaller municipalities together over time so that they will all have over a thousand residents. So, where should we begin? Well, like you say, it has been, the last two weeks they have been, yeah, according to news, very hectic. To start with the visit of uh, Angela Merkel, Mm -hmm. the German Chancellor, and then the visit of uh, Mike Pence. And, you know, it, and the visit of Mike Pence, like you said, it cost Icelandic police 20 times more per hour than the visit of the Chancellor and all the Nordic Prime Ministers. And, uh, of course, the uh, reconvening of Althingi last week on Tuesday and then the big speech of the Prime Minister Katrin Jakobsdottir on Wednesday night. This is, of course, all heavy news to to the politics in Iceland. And then there is always in Iceland not just these two weeks, but all weeks, all 52 weeks. <laughs> this is ongoing un- argument, the the controversy on the framework of our nature, power stations uh, versus what we want to protect. That's an mm-hmm. ongoing argument in Iceland and it's still going on and was actually at least the last week by Jón Gunnarsson, a member of parliament in Iceland, who wants more power station than he wants to protect. So these are ongoing arguments. This has been going on for years. Yeah, for years and will be going on because it's a controversy. Mm -hmm. Because And and it's an argument between the political parties in the parliament, between the ministers, between the the political parties, the coalition. There's there's strong opinions on either side. And what's the the, public support? Is it more for protection or more for... It's both. It's mixed. It's mixed. It's mixed. And it's mixed in, in the country by the inhabitants because some people that that uh, that live in very, you know, how do you say it, uh, rural, rural areas, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they want power stations just to continue working there and yeah. living there and that they have something to live on. And then there are perhaps some people who live in the city, they want more to protect because they are not, they don't have to live there and they they have a job in the city. So it's a controversy. Mm. 
Well, this is something like even this must have been going on for years. I yeah. heard about back in the like how many must was it thirty years ago or forty years ago where like citizens blew up a dam. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then it was almost like a I am Spartacus situation where no one would admit to doing it. Yes, and every aluminium fabric that we have built in Iceland yeah. has been, uh, well, it's a milestone mm-hmm. of the argument that we, it's ongoing in Iceland for decades, and it will be. Because yeah. there's not, there's no one solution right. Right. And for example, the left greens, yeah. the the political party of the prime minister, her party wants to protect more mm-hmm. than to have more power stations. Right. Uh, well, the 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 party of our minister of finance, Bjarni Benediktsson, yeah. that he wants more power stations. His party wants more power station than to protect. But all parties want to protect something mm-hmm. and most of them want uh, some power stations. And it's this framework that the Althinki is always dealing with each year. Mm-hmm. And they are always reconsidering this framework. It's called Ramaawatlen in Icelandic, this framework. Yeah. And that is what we should, uh, where we should we should have a power station, what we should protect, and where we should put it on hold. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing about nature protection in that regard is, so often we say, well, these are our, we've got these ten options, and we're going to protect nine of these areas. We're only going to build one power station, so everyone can be happy. But as you say, it goes on forever, and mm-hmm. ten years down the line, the second one of those gets built, and then. Eventually, is it all going to go the same way? They will all be built eventually, even if it takes 200 years. Is that fair to say? No, I think it's not fair to say, Mm -hmm. because I think with all this uh, climate changes, environmental campaigns, nature protection, like you say, there are always more and more people concerned. Mm -hmm. And they are really concerned because, you know... For example, the glacier oak a couple of weeks ago yes. vanished. It yeah. was the funeral of one glacier. Yeah. We know just a small glacier in a bigger glacier. Yeah. So it was not uh, that disaster like, for example, uh, Snæfellsjökull, the glacier in the Snæfellsnes Peninsula. Yeah. But it was it was a signal, mm-hmm. a funeral Definitely. of a glacier. Well, because it has to be a worry, like, because every time you're dealing with people wanting to build a power station, mm-hmm. there's a profit motive. Of course. And if you're not having, if it's not bringing in the idea of environment, what, what are we doing to the environment? What are we doing to the people? And how can we keep our society the way we want it? The people who are building these power stations are always just for the profit motive, especially the aluminum factories. Yeah. The, I've heard the deal with Iceland is basically that they pay electricity based on the price of aluminum around the world. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that's people coming in trying to get cheap electricity basically mm-hmm. and that's why they're here so you have i think as a nation they have to protect themselves from people like alcan and yes it's about to work because you know that more than half of the icelandic population lives here on the southwest mm-hmm. coast of iceland and less than half of the population lives on the on the rest in the rest of the country yeah all of course on the on the beach side yeah. on the ocean side and they have, to, of course, they have to have work mm-hmm. to do. And one power station, for example, in the east coast of Iceland, yeah. provides a couple of thousand people, mm-hmm. more or less, mm. with work, yeah, and with have, daily work. You can't expect tourism just to pay for everybody. No, that's yeah. right. And yeah. now we have less tourists. 
Yeah. Even though Iceland there is really happy, like you said in your introduction. Yeah, isn't it? Is it less tourists, or is the rate of increase of tourists the thing that's gone down? There's actually less tourists this year. Less tourists, but more people flying through Iceland. No, not even that. It's Iceland there. Uh, but it, it all stems back to wow, like so much. Oh yeah, it's just the fact that an airline fell down that Iceland Air has more passengers. Yes. Yeah. It is, so yeah. it's not really. Not really that great. <laughs> oh, good for them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the um, tu- tourist board has said that there are less tourists in Iceland, mm-hmm. but the tourists that are coming, mm-hmm. they are spending more money. Yeah, and staying a bit longer. And staying a bit longer. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, That's definitely more enjoyable for businesses. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. And and for nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, even the nightlife, like uh, I'm running the shows at the comedy club downtown. Ever since uh, I'd say the beginning of June. We've had every weekend completely filled, and it's about sixty percent tourists, forty percent Icelander. Mm, and nice. it was it wasn't like that a year ago. No. Mm. And it was a different kind of attitude. Like people that were flying over, especially you don't see bachelor parties as much. Mm-hmm. Even in the nightlife, you don't see people who are like, "We're here for two days, and we're just gonna make a big mess and leave." Okay. A lot of the people are here, and the shows that we do are for people that want to have like you know two hours break after doing a long day of touring around Iceland. And they tend to be between twenty five and forty five, rather than the younger crowds that I saw like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a difference. But what are they saying that the effect's gonna happen? Like, what's going to happen with the economy if mm-hmm. this goes down this way? Like, mm-hmm. spending more, is that going to fill the gap? Or are they going to have to try and entice other people to come again? I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? They're saying the numbers are down, the economy is suffering, but not as much as they feared. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that in the next year, certainly two years, it will recover. Yeah, because downtown, if you if you walk down Lögevegur, it's, it's just everything's for rent. And no one is signing rental agreements, like new businesses mm-hmm. and things like that, because they're not sure where the prices are going to be in three months. They don't want to get locked into something that isn't market friendly. And the rental prices, they are ridiculous yeah. high. So yes. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people know. But if you take a stroll through Lugavur, like you yeah. say, you you can also see for yourself that there are less tourists, just package tourists, like we say, going to bonus to buy some yeah, water yeah. and uh, some, some noodle soup. We, you see... All the restaurants are full. All the bakeries, all the cafes, mm-hmm. are full of people that are eating, dining. Yeah. You know, doing well to them mm-hmm. and their families. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. It's, 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 you you yeah. can see it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very different scene from mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point because bonus on Lugavegur last year. I just didn't go there. It was. It, yeah. I couldn't stand it. No. Yeah. And no. it's not that bad now. No. That is a really good point. And everybody mm. was buying uh, water and noodle soup <laughs> for 200 kroner. <laughs> With all respect for the tourists that are having water and noodle soup. Yeah, yeah. It's just, if I think it does an Icelander, I want, of course, the tourists that spend more money in Iceland. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also because a lot of it was travel envy. So people were yes. coming here who really didn't have the budget to come yeah. here because it's yeah. not it's not a it's not like a spring break trip to Mexico where you get everything for cheaper and you stay in a resort. Like every it's a it's an expense to come here and to yes, travel. Yes, and here. if you have a fewer low fare airlines mm-hmm. that fly to Iceland, then you get. The more expensive tourists, the, the tourists that spend more money in yeah. Iceland. Yeah, exactly. I would say that's a double-edged sword. Um, people have put the point forward that getting these younger budget travellers in mm-hmm. is great for the reputation of the country because they take the message of Iceland back out into the world with them. And these are the CEOs of tomorrow that are going to be yeah. signing the big contract <laughs> yeah. potentially yeah. with Iceland. And that's a, a point as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's also it's, you don't know, you never know. That's the like I think the numbers. If you have people that know what they're doing and they're coming here and they want to be here, like if you think about the festivals that are kind of mainstays that are doing really well, like Airwaves is coming up. That's been doing well for how many years? Oh, twenty. Yeah. So this is those are like the messages that you get across. But just the idea of coming here, staying for forty-eight hours or seventy-two hours, and getting mm -hmm. drunk, and then going on to Denmark. I don't know. I don't know the message they're going to send about Iceland back. Yeah, good yeah. point. Yes, good it point. was fun. It was fun. Yeah, it's always fun. But you definitely, yeah, there's definitely less tourists. And when you go downtown now, you're you have to suffer through just seeing all the people you already knew. <laughs> <laughs> Pros and cons. <laughs> okay, um, should we move on to a different subject? Mm -hmm. Which one? Mike Pence. Oh goodness. Now I I will just start this by saying that the figure of the 20 times more per hour that was me being a bit playful yeah um obviously there's got they've got set costs and he was only here for seven hours yeah and the others were here for two days yeah so it's not as, as extreme as i made it sound but they um cost 5.5 million kroner um for angela merkel and all of the nordic mm. prime ministers mm -hmm. which was a third of the price of the seven hours that pence was here yeah so it is Significant. Well, they're always more scared of American public leaders for some reason. I guess they have a history of them being assassinated. So there's that. And he's not a very liked, likable person, I don't think, in Western Europe. Mike Pence, he's kind of, if you think of any major social topic, he's 20 or 30 years behind, it seems like. Mm -hmm. Like, we have, a, we have a female prime minister here, and he said on public television while, while he was part of the election for Donald Trump, he said that he doesn't talk alone with women in a room. So I, I think any he should be a little bit nervous when he travels around and fit, not not for his life, but you know, yeah, he's he's not a very likable person and he should know that. Mm. And I think Iceland did a good job of showing him that they you know they don't agree with him and he he's a part of a country that is part of NATO and you know you have allies and things like that. But him as a person and his beliefs as an elected official are not acceptable. Mm. Mm. I mean, he he was here. As his job title, he wasn't mm -hmm. here as himself, as a personal views. No, it was the vice president of the USA. Yeah. So there's yeah. a certain level. He was level. visiting Iceland. Mm -hmm. Yes, and of course it's a huge difference. For example, the vice president of the United States of America, he comes with this, yeah, it's not a private jet, it's like an airline jet mm -hmm. he comes with. And they brought with them helicopters and cars. Angela Merkel came, of course, with the private jet of the... German government, mm -hmm. but she, she was thrown in Icelandic cars. That means that the Icelandic government provided. Mm -hmm. And she took a stroll along Bankerstreit and Lövevur yeah. after she landed in Reykjavik. So it's a totally different, different uh, visit in Iceland. And all the Nordic prime ministers, when they come, they live in hotels downtown, they stay overnight, yeah. they go to restaurants, they, they live as normal life as it can be mm -hmm. as a state person. But it's always different. Well, the world is different today. Mm -hmm. uh, last time the vice president of the United States visited Iceland was 36 years ago. It was George Bush, mm -hmm. older, mm -hmm. uh, senior, I yeah. would say, <laughs> I'd like to say senior. <laughs> and uh, of course, it was a high level of security when he was at Iceland, but nothing compared to this when Mike Pence yeah. visited Iceland. Nothing compared to that. Mm -hmm. 
But it, that must have been just, um, that could be just in recent years. I saw George Bush Jr. speak yeah. in Canada in, in like the city where I'm from, Saskatoon, which is a small prairie city mm. in Canada. And they had, the, it was a similar thing. Like they have all of a sudden in downtown in a small city yeah. about the size of Reykjavik, yeah. a little bit bigger. There's snipers along the roof and all this sort of stuff, yeah. just like they had here. And it's, yeah, I think the game has changed in the last 20 years. Game has changed. The Trump government has changed a lot of things. And uh, Richard Nixon, he came to Iceland, to Reykjavik, in the beginning of the 70s when he mm. was president. Yeah. And my all his security guards, they, they went crazy because he wanted to take a stroll mm-hmm. at night <laughs> through the city. Yeah, yeah. And he did take a walk. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a famous, like, night owl. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> now, what's the balance here between genuine threat obviously there is a threat and he could be assassinated oh yeah yeah and and show the bigger your entourage the more armed officers you've got the more of a spectacle you are the more powerful you look those are both factors that play into this do you think they think about that i'm sure they do don't they well of course they think about it but you know in the end then bottom line is these people are just normal people mm-hmm. and they want to mingle Mm. with the inhabitants. I don't think they want to always to say on the on the biggest or the highest floor of the house. Yeah. They want to mingle, they want to meet the locals. Well, he wants to meet men at least. Yeah, he wants to meet men. <laughs> well, he, I think he did say that he he never goes to a party without his wife if there is alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he's a he's a leader of a country. Yes, he he's the vice president. He can't yeah. trust himself around no. women and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was only comedians' problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them make it in politics too. Yeah, but but he said it in an interview, so yeah, it's, it's not my my words. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Right, <laughs> Mike Pence. Thank you, Mike. I, I'm. I think we'll leave him there because. You know, the visit itself was a couple of weeks ago now, and we did talk about it extensively last week. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say the rainbow flags were a nice touch. Thank oh yes, that's what's a good idea. But it's weird, if you think about it, that Germany legalized gay marriage after the United States, but the United States seems like a bigger threat to uh, gay rights. Mm-hmm. I think it's current developments. Yeah. G- Germany is, they accepted the change. They accepted the change, at least in English news and in Berlin and those sorts of places. In the countryside, it's still, there's this right-wing wave across Europe that's still a menace, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the government in Germany doesn't look to be trying to claw anything back. Yeah. Right, let's talk about dead whales, shall we? Yes. Mm. Oh. Again, another subject we've covered extensively, but this time um, Sverre Daniel Haltosson, a biologist from the Marine Research Institute, has confirmed that around 150 pilot whales have died in Iceland this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to him, usually this happens... Sorry, a, a large group of the whales dies about once every five years, and this year three such occurrences have happened, mm-hmm. plus lots of individuals as well. Um, but as ever, we don't know why exactly. So, well, it's climate change, right? Well, I, 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 I guess I you, you'd have to guess that it has something to do with that. If mm-hmm. you're seeing an increase in uh, disastrous events within nature, you'd think that the environment might be the, the problem. There's a, it seems like it ties to the first thing that we talked about when you're looking at protect. Like if this is in the government, you're always looking at protecting or progress and what's more important. Well, there can't be any progress if there's nothing left, you know. And Andre Snyder, I think he wrote Dreamland when? 2008? 
before then, no? 2005? I, I remember when it was it, reviewed in the New York Times. Mm. And he's basically, for the last, you know, over 10 years now, 15 years, he's uh, been doing the same message. Now he's doing a one-man show at Borgelega Huseth. <laughs> Can't say it. And uh, it's on the same subject. On wh how, what are we going to do? Like, how much warning do you need before... Before you go, okay, maybe we should really take this. This should be a thing we take into account with every major decision about progress or the environment or in industry in any way. Mm. So, I don't know. I guess we're just beating a dead whale. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the, the, the discussion on the framework on the nature protection then the discussion about the whales, whale yeah. watching or not whale watching yeah. is an ongoing discussion in Iceland. Yeah. Because mm. there are so many people for whale watching and then there are so many people that just want to fish the mm. whales but in 1998 we welcomed Keiko to Westmanaya to the Westman Islands yeah so that's 21 <laughs> year ago god time flies free yes, willy time flies mm. free willy yes yeah that didn't go so well for him no but uh, sadly for him he got him. three movies that's the best someone can ask for a career yeah this is true <laughs> yeah. and, and he got a get out of jail free card yeah so to speak uh, yeah, I mean, this wasn't in the news this week, but there's the same bay that he was at in Vestmanayat is yeah. going to be welcoming two new inhabitants, mm -hmm. um, Little White and Little Grey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were supposed to have been released weeks ago now, mm -hmm. um, and they've decided to wait till the spring, mm -hmm. which the, the the swimming pool thing that they're in doesn't look very big to me. I think it's quite no, a few months to be... No, but I think the whales, they are not uh, healthy enough yeah. to yeah. go on their own, to, to be independent on their own in the ocean. So I think that's the main reason. Yeah, it was, it as far like, as I know, seemed like an empty gesture if you just left them out and they died yeah. right away. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good point. Yes, indeed. Like the kid who lets his bird out and it gets, you know, hit by a power line right away, <laughs> or it just freezes within the hour. Yeah. yeah. Indeed, I suppose there isn't a great deal that we can say about this the the whale story, mm -hmm. other than it's just, it's confirmed. We've been saying it for for all summer. Mm -hmm. This doesn't seem right. It's happening too often. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't. I'm against dead whales. <laughs> it's a hard stance, but I'm going to take it. Yeah. I don't like to see dead whales. I agree. I think you're going to pick up some support with that. Oh, good. Controversial, mm -hmm. though. It I'm going to start a group. And all the research, they are not, they don't share the opinion on why they die. Yeah. Mm. They have very different opinions on why. Yeah. And if it has just to do with climate changes right. or something some other thing that are in the ocean yeah. that make them die or kill them. Yeah, mm. migration of fish, so yeah. the food sources yeah. change, underground yeah. fissures that change mm -hmm. the mineral composition of the mm -hmm. water. There could be a lot of stuff. Heavy yeah. metal pollution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sonar. Sonar, that's the mm -hmm. thing. Yes. Uh, of course, last year I remember reporting on quite a few whale strandings as well. So yeah. it's not. It wasn't just this year. There was mm -hmm. multiple occurrences yeah. last year. Yeah, and I've heard that they say there's something to do with sonar, like too much use of sonar mm. under the water, damaging their ability to navigate mm -hmm. the waters and getting lost. It makes sense. They they use sonar. So when we've got navy ships going overhead and pinging at them, it makes sense. It would upset them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have to work next to like a construction site. You just go crazy after a while. Want to jump out your office window. I think everyone at Roof can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> yes. Okay, I think we've got time for uh, one more subject. Okay. Let's 
Ooh. Bike share service. <laughs> yeah, this one stirred up a bit of it is. discussion. Because obviously people want people to cycle. Yeah. And this apparently looks quite cheap and the bikes are nice. I actually rode one last week. Yeah. Um, but people are saying, why are we launching it in autumn? <laughs> yeah. And some people are saying we should be putting the, the investing the city's money in the bus service instead. Yeah. I've heard both of those. Mm-hmm. Any opinions? Well, as a like, if you don't have kids and you're downtown and you want to ride a bicycle and it is nice, I guess. But like for the, if you're a, a small family or something like that that does can't afford a vehicle and you live just outside the main areas or where you work, proper public transport is a lot more important than the ability to have a bicycle, especially with the weather here, nine Agreed. months of the year. Agreed. But is the bus service that bad? Uh, yeah, it's better than it was when I got here. Like when I I got here, I moved to Happenfelder and I lived like on the dock and I had to take an hour bus ride into town every day. And I think now it takes 37 minutes. So there's some improvement, mm-hmm. but there's a it's a big hindrance. I've just I noticed from living here compared to living in a place like uh, like where I was in Canada and stuff like that. There's a lot less winter activities it seems like, and a lot less people doing things just because there doesn't seem to be access to stuff and the price of things is a, a bit higher. And so it'd be nice if you could lower the cost for families and things like that and make it enjoyable to use. I think you'd see a big change just in the culture and society in general. Mm, I do agree with you. Yeah. And I thought that the, this new bike share service was mostly for tourists. Yeah. I don't think Icelandic families will join this service. And if families, for example, they work in the city and live in Hafnarfjörður yeah. or Kobor, yeah. and they want to to travel by bus. Yeah. They don't bike, or very few of them. And you have also have kids. Mm-hmm. You don't bike from Hapnarfjörd to Reykjavik. Yeah, uh, Back and forth yeah. Uh, every day. And in winter time, when it's, you know, you never woe, <laughs> yeah. there, there is no weather in Iceland, only samples. Yeah. So you don't go on the bike. It's Bike is more... Of course, it's increasingly number of people that are biking all mm-hmm. year around. Yeah. But uh, most of the people bike from... April, March, April until October. Yeah, and it's 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 a driving culture here. Yeah, and of so it, getting switching people over to public transport is a lot more reasonable, and it makes more sense for middle yeah. class and lower class families. It's just because I I know people uh, who drive their car to get their pizza when mm-hmm. it, you know to pick up pizza, which is down the block yeah. from their street. Two hundred meters. Two hundred meters, and they drive the car mm-hmm. just because of the weather, because yeah. it's got this kind of off putting nature about it when it's that windy and that cold or whatever and of course the public transport i agree with you it is better now than it was 10 years ago yeah we must say but it is not good enough no it's not and it depends on where you live and if you live in in some area that you have to take two or three buses to go to work and in every station you have to wait 10 15 minutes yeah so you see it's you are have more than an hour yeah just for one way Mm. And you're not being paid for that hour. No, exactly. exactly. And so, then you have to go back. Yeah. So and you, then to grocery store and everything. Yeah, well, it's got a high cost of living here already. I think yeah. investing in public transport would just increase the yeah. quality of life for everybody. Yeah. And that's really important. Because mm. it's, yeah, just because there's a, there's a bit of a boom and people are buying nice cars again and you see all the, you know, discoveries driving around, they'll all be in the for sale shop, you know, in a few years when we have a little bit of a bust again. But the buses, we could steadily increase and have to see an actual improvement over time. Yes, and you have a lot of people that move back to Iceland, Icelandic families that move back from Europe, from Scandinavia, from all around. They want to use 
public transport yeah. because they want this quality in life. Mm-hmm. They want to be without a car or perhaps to have one car mm-hmm. for the whole family. Mm. So, I mean... They come back home very positive. They want to use the public transport every day. Yeah. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, they are just... Uh, On the market looking for a car. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> looking for the second car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I tried to, I've been trying to use public transport for the last, uh, you know, four months. Mm-hmm. And I just walk instead most of the time. Yeah. Because just, it's just too much. I'm just like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I probably should get in shape anyways. But I'm thinking... But that's about, where the bikes come in, though, surely. You can pick them up and drop them off... Wherever you want to. Yeah, I haven't had. But you can you you can walk these fifteen minutes that you have to wait. Yeah, I can walk. Yeah, like whenever I'm waiting fifteen minutes, I could be walking for fifteen minutes. Mm. But I don't think everyone like you don't have that option if you have little kids, especially Mm. with this sort of weather and things like that. And bicycling is not, it's good around the neighborhood, but you don't want kids biking, from suburbs into town and stuff like that. It's not. It's there. There isn't. It's not safe enough. They are distinctly. Grown-up bikes, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam, Copenhagen-style street bikes. That's mm-hmm. not not particularly child-friendly. And I, can, and I don't I, think anyone's going to... Once the once the sleet and rain and everything is coming, I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people are going to be going to work uh, on these bicycles. It's mm-hmm. for tourists, I think. But the public transport discussion in Iceland is ongoing. And yeah. is actually now it's, it's a, um, on a high level because it's... A, how do you say it in English, that there are much more people that would want to use public transport that, than do. Mm. The number of people is increasing that want to do. If, and that, also, of, course has, sorry, of mm. course, has also to do with the climate changes. Yeah, people are they starting want to, to do, care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't want to. Yeah, and I, I like Reykjavik has an un, like unreasonable amount of pollution for how yeah. small of a just because of car use and the nature of the shape of the city where yeah. you have this pool of, like they, they always have warnings like what's called air quality warnings here mm-hmm. all the time which you never would expect, yeah. just because, you know this seems like a fairly like non polluted place but mm-hmm. just the way it is we should be reducing our car use and the amount of, just because otherwise we're just going to have more and more pollution and kids are going to get sick and we're going to get sick so mm-hmm. if we know it's a problem it should be solved. But where's the incentive for people, I guess? Because mm. it's, only, it's only helping people in the middle and lower. Because anyone who can afford a nice car, they're just happy to drive it around, I think. Yeah. And Unless you change air, attitudes. And this air quality warning is mostly because of the private car. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. Because you have these valleys and you're right at the ocean front or whatever. So it's just holding this pollution there, sitting mm-hmm. there. And that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. And that affects everyone, no matter how much you're paid. <laughs> well. <laughs> you can't get yourself different air. <laughs> that's true. And you can't eat money. Yeah. The clock is a hard master, and that's telling me we are actually out of time. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, time goes quickly. Um, if you haven't listened to the week, sorry, to last week's The Week in Iceland at the library, then do give it a whirl. And remember, you can take part in the next episode yourself. If you can get to the library at Kringlan for 5 pm on the 7th of October, you can register on the English pages of the Reykjavik City Library website. The Week in Iceland, meanwhile, will return to roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, to the Roof app and as a podcast, including on Spotify next Monday, the 23rd of September. My sincere thanks to my guests, York Underwood and Johanna Vigtis Hjaltadottir, and thanks too to Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. We end the show on the number one song from the Rostur chart. It's Stories to Tell by Krummi. Bye for now. Refuse the sacred crown Chains lay Gather the ancient stones Reverse the spell 
Yeah. 